I love hearing from the book of Exodus, and especially today we have quite the allegory that is kind of a a one-to-one corresponding story that gives a bigger, a deeper point about how we are to pray. To sum up what happened in that first reading, we know that Moses and the Israelites are headed to the promised land. We know that the church presently is headed toward the promised land of heaven. And for Moses and the Israelites, they see the Amalekites coming their way. We, on our end, see sin and the battle of the flesh coming our way. And the way in which Moses responds, I originally really want to talk about two things that he does that makes all the difference for his victory over the Amalekites, our victory over our own flesh. The first, Moses goes up the hill. Moses goes up the hill. Now, what I'm going to paint here is just a picture of how we need to go up the hill, so to speak, go toward God first in dealing with any kind of conflict. We fall into this oftentimes whenever we see from afar, like Moses seeing the Amalekites coming from afar. A lot of times we look at maybe our calendar for the week ahead and say, like, this is going to be a busy week. I'm going to have all these assignments to do. I'm going to have all these appointments, whatever it might be. And because of that, I'm just going to attack it head on and try to get as many things done as I can, immerse myself in the busyness. And if I find time to pray, then I will pray. That's not what Moses does. Moses doesn't say to Joshua, hey, Joshua, look, the Amalekites are coming. Let's go out and let's try to just beat them out there. No. What Moses says is, the Amalekites are coming. Tomorrow, not right now, but tomorrow, you will go out with your chosen men, and I will go up the hill. And from there, I will reign. So, this is kind of like a general tactic, right? Like a general is going to go up a hill in battle so that he can see the whole battlefield. And he's not going to just go headfirst into battle. Now, so often, we, if we do not make that first step up the hill to say, I will now pray because I am busy, then we will get lost in the busyness of the week, lost in the busyness of the day. Not, not only will we not accomplish the things that God has given us to do for that week or that day, but we will also have forgotten God. Because we never went up the hill to pray. As St. Francis de Sales says, pray 30 minutes a day. And when you're busy, pray an hour. Because what that is going to do, it's going to give me the sight, the vision, to see how everything that God is asking me to do today or this week can be done appropriately. This isn't true just for the busyness of the week, however. This is also just true for any kind of Decision, whether it be uh, with a small V vocation or a big V uh, vocation decision. If I am going to God as this kind of divine counselor and saying to him, Lord, I'm here praying to you today because I want 
for you to render me a decision. Should I continue to date my girlfriend or not? Should I continue to study this way or to have this business or not? And to just expect a decision to come. Perhaps we're thinking about prayer wrong. What prayer is instead is an expression of faith. And what faith is, is seeing with God's eyes. Seeing as God sees. If we go up the mountain of prayer, so to speak, and ask the Lord, Lord, help me to see things as you see, then we have what the spiritual theologians call the uh, infused virtue of prudence. That I now see as God sees, so that whatever situation comes my way, I'll know how to deal with it. Lord, should I break up with my girlfriend? Nothing happens in prayer when I think about that. But I do know I can evaluate, wait, is this relationship leading me to God? And is there a possibility of permanence here? Or is it leading away from God? And there is not a possibility of permanence. Now I can judge based off of what I see through God's eyes. Because when I go to pray, I simply ask, Lord, give me your mind. As St. Paul says, that we put on the mind of Christ. Now the other thing that Moses does simply here is that he not only goes up the mountain, but he also knows that he's going to have to take some people with him up this mountain because he knows that he will not be able to be up there alone and not be fatigued. So that when he goes up the mountain and he is battling against the Amalekites, or for us, whenever we go up the mountain to pray, we know that we have to battle against our own flesh. This is also, as a side note, what we heard in the Gospel. That this widow, which is our soul, has to battle against this, div- this unjust judge, which is our flesh, which has no respect for God or for man. What Moses does is that he recognizes that he is going to be weak at one point. That is, he takes other people up with him. He doesn't go on the journey of prayer alone. He makes sure that he forms spiritual friendships or friendships in this battle. Someone who is going to give him a chair to sit on and rocks to prop his arms up. And so the question is, if I want to embark on that journey of prayer, to conquer my own flesh so that I can be pleasing to God, am I going to take others with me? Am I going to form accountability with those who I know I can trust? Am I going to surround myself with people who whenever it is hard to live the Christian life will support me not to say, hey, you know what, Moses, why don't you just walk down that hill and act like the battle isn't happening? That's not what Moses does, and it's not a person that we are called to be. Because Moses, when he sees the Amalekites coming, knows that he's going to have moments of weakness. He's going to have moments of fatigue, and that he needs to bring people along with him to continue in prayer, to continue uh, in the virtuous life. But the good news is, with all of this, that we first go up the mountain to remove ourselves from the conflict, whether it be the conflict of our own temptations, the conflict of busyness, 
or the conflict of just any decision that needs to be made. And that if I do it with others, I don't try to embark on it alone, then the battle is won quite easily. And Joshua, the scripture says, mowed down Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. We ask that the Lord can give us the humility to acknowledge our own weakness, the prudence to see as he does, and the perseverance to not be discouraged when we face temptation, when we face difficulty, when we face crossroad decisions.